What is going on, team? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I am your host, Jay Nixon. And if you're a first-time listener of the show, or maybe you haven't listened in a while, just a quick reminder, the purpose and mission of the show is to disrupt the way you're currently thinking, inspire you to think differently, and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge to transform into the person and into the life that you deserve and desire to live. I am super excited about today's show. I know I always say that, but this one's going to be a little bit different, guys. We have got Rick Beardsell on today's show. Rick is the CEO, founder, creator of Shakespeare, which is a revolutionary technology in the world of shaker cups. I'm going to talk all about that during today's episode. You're actually going to be able to get these. I don't know if anybody else in, in the country is selling these in their studio right now. We're going to have these in our studio and Thrive Fitness Studio, Thrive Forever Fit for you to be able to get your hands on. So don't worry about that. I'm going to make that easy access for you. But today, Rick's going to talk about way more than that. He's coming to us live from Manchester, United Kingdom. Rick is a 10-time world champion in the 200-meter and 400-meter dash. He holds two world records. He is a 12-month cancer survivor. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about a lot of cool shit. The, the way I got Rick on the show was, was initially just to talk about um, the shaker, just to talk about Shakespeare, the new technology, this amazing new product that I that I stumbled upon, and then come to find out the dude that created it is a just a pure badass, just a pure winner, pure success, looks at life differently. I can't wait to have a chat with Rick just for my own personal awesomeness and satisfaction, but you guys are in for an amazing treat today. So saddle up, get ready, and be prepared to be amazed and uh and wow rick is an awesome awesome dude all right here we go rick thank you brother for joining me on the thrive forever fit show how you doing today yeah i'm great great and nice to catch up absolutely dude so many things i want to talk about i'm gonna i'm gonna ramble for a, a couple of minutes here because i want people to understand how we got here so I, um, I own a fitness studio in Palm Desert, California. I have a coaching business all around the world. So yeah, I even have my own supplement line, which is kind of how I found you because I sell shakers with you know my protein and my branched amino acid, my greens. Mm -hmm. And I had just run out of my massive order of blender bottle. And I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, you know what? Everywhere, right? You can go, you can fall down, land on a blender bottle. So I started kind of looking for new you know, new shakers, new things like that. And I stumbled across Shakespeare, which I'd never, I'd never heard of before. The design was really cool. The, 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 the technology was amazing. So I started researching the company a little bit and I'm like, Hey, this would be a cool, this would be a cool guy to have. You know, I saw it was a family owned company, read a little bit about you, but I'm like, Hey, this would be cool. Just to have you on the show. We'll talk about shakers and sports nutrition and whatever. Then I started researching and I'm like, this dude's badass. I mean, <laughs> I mean, 10 world championships, like two world records, um, you know, survive 12 month cancer survivor. Like you're not the, you're not just an average Joe who decided to create a shaker. So I'm even more excited now that I know all this about you. And I just want to kind of jump right into that. Like, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Shakespeare because I think it's one of the coolest designs. I've been in the sports nutrition industry since I was 17. I'll be mm -hmm. 
47 this year. So it's a long time watching mediocre things. And this is a really, really cool thing. But I want to start with something you said in here. Let's, I'm going to start with the the cancer survivor thing. The drive to do what you you've done, you know, when when you got diagnosed with with cancer, I mean, you'd already set all these world records. Was that a was that a contributing factor to you, like being where you are today, like overcoming the cancer? And you mentioned this thing about a dumbbell as well, and I want to talk mm-hmm. about that. So, so, so um, walk, walk me through what it was like to get that diagnosis, and then how you approached that. From I mean, because you're a world champion, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you've done hard yeah, stuff. I mean- I think the the thing is, whenever you get any bad news, you have to you have to sort of digest it and sort of get your mind around it. Okay, this is not good, but I can deal with this. I know I can deal with this because I've done this, this, and this in the past. Right. And it's those steps that make you uh, mentally tough enough to be able to cope with it. And my athletics and my business acumen have sort of gone hand in hand over the years. And one has always assisted the other when you go through tough times and say, like, okay, one more rep, one more push, uh, one more phone call to get that sales. Um, that you need to make it through the month because, yeah, I've, I've had hard times with both. But, yeah, I mean, once, once I got diagnosed, because um, everyone thinks, oh, it won't happen to me, especially when I'm like super fit. It's like, oh, it can't happen to me, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it hits you and it's like, wow. And it's, it's, it's always... It's never the things you sort of think, oh, you know, you're stressed about, you see on the horizon, it just comes out of the blue and then bang, hits you. And then nothing can prepare you for that. Right. Just got to deal with it there and then. So, I mean, I, I was, I was dying. I felt a lump on my testicle. So all guys out there should, for, first and foremost, you know, just make sure you check yourself once a month because it is very curable. But if you don't check it within three months, you might not be around to tell the story of how you got over your cancer. So it is important to check it. Um, so anyway, I, I, I felt alone. Um, I tried to action it quickly. How, how, what, what do I need to do? You're on the phone. And then I, I went privately, assumed it was just a cyst like everyone else does. And then, um, you know, within a few days, I'd found out, okay, you know, it, it is cancer. That's what they suspected after the scan. And then within 10 days of that diagnosis, um, I had my left testicle taken off and, um, that, you know, it's just sudden, sudden shock. You're like, you're just thrown in the deep end. It's like, right, I need to get through this. And um, so it's a sudden shock. You, you, you're fighting, you're fighting through it. Like mentally, am I going to be okay? And then I assume once it would all be off, you won't have had time to spread. I'll be fine. But it had spread throughout my body in just 10 days. Um, and I diagnosed it very quick. It was all in my lungs. And um, and then I had some residual thing on my, on my pancreas that we were concerned about. So it all happened very quickly. I've gone from a super healthy guy to suddenly having all this to deal with. And at the time I had uh, a one and a half year old and then um, during the actual treatment, I had um, another baby on the way. So it's just like, wow, um, you know, this, this is heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. So you just sort of, I mean, the, the hardest bit for me was thinking I might not be able to see my son grow up. And then once you've dealt with that and you've gone with it and say, look, I can, I can be all down and upset and whatever, but it's not really me and it's not going to help anyone around me. So, you know, let's fight this thing. Let's do our best. So I just sort of grafted more, to be honest. Like, right, okay, I'm going to beat this. And then whilst I, was, so I started my chemo and then you mentioned the dumbbell, um, that was my philosophy. So I was the first person I think ever to go into my first dose of chemotherapy, which is a 12-hour stint um, 
every day for five days of like you know horrible toxic stuff essentially poisons going to your body and i was there you know trying to work out so my arms rigged up with one side and the other arm is just, just doing all this business and then and so i was just trying to just keep ticking over and do what i would normally do yeah was then, that as, uh, was that as much mental as it was physical rick like when you you know having that dumbbell was it like metaphorical? yeah i mean I, I wanted something to say this is me this is what i do um i'm gonna i'm gonna take this head on and this is how i deal with with shit i'm just gonna get on with it and yeah. uh, and I, I like the, the hard one of the other hard bits. I came into the, the you have four people in the ward, and the first person I saw was was a very frail, um, middle aged man, and then he had um, his wife and someone else next to him, and um, you, you could see he was just very frail and very sort of upset. His family were more upset than he was, and then within four hours of me just going into my bedside, I didn't know what to do because you wait for your chemo, you, you wait for a couple of hours for your chemo to start, and no one tells you, hey, you need to expect this, this, and this. Right. But people in the ward are just dying up there. So I, I just folded my clothes and I was just like sort of sat there in a the bed looking out the window, and then sort of folded my clothes again. And then four hours later, this guy got wheeled off into another room to go and die. That's that's suddenly the environment I was thrown into. Wow. And I remember one night there was a pregnant woman down the end of the corridor. And um, and she was just groaning for morphine because she's in so much pain. It's just like, oh my god, this is like you know, you're in like zombie land all of a sudden. People aren't quite with it because it, the the all the drugs are taking over their, yeah. their normal aptitude. So you're sort of going through this, and then I'm just trying to stay focused and positive. And then I did the first couple of days in the actual hospital with everyone else, and then I was like, this is not for me. So I did my 12-hour treatment. And then I, um, I got just took, just got my car, and then I just drove home for the night. I, I, I wrapped all my, um, my cat, my, um, what's it called, my, my needle sticking out. I just yeah. wrapped it all up in bandages. Drove home, got some sleep, saw saw my child, my child, my wife at the time, and uh, and then came back first thing in the morning. I tried to get a bit of normality back in my life, and then before I was going back, I was going a jog around the park. Okay, let's do some jogging. Let's keep. I believe in active recovery, so I was trying yeah. to go for jogs and stuff and keeping mobile. And then um, you do the five days and then you or a week or whatever it is, and you've got like a couple of weeks to recover and then you're back in for another cycle. So you're just continually doing this. And it's like layers of um, an onion, if you like. Uh, so pa pause really quick. So they, so normally you would stay in the hospital for five days straight, the average person. Yeah. And you yes. just made, you made, you made the decision like that. I can't do this. Right. So you kind yeah, of yeah. created your own. I think that's yeah. such a, that's a powerful thing, man, because you didn't just follow the, the normal mm. protocol you're like hey yeah. this isn't going to work for me and yeah. i would bet you and i think you probably agree with this that had a lot to do with your your mental savvy and strength yeah. along the way well there, there was another another chap that came in at the same time as me and like as soon as my um my chemo was coming down it's like okay it shows i've got like you know, 10 15 minutes left i was on the buzzer hey guys my 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 bag need because you have multiple bags of this this different things so you have fluids and poison and whatever else coming through so I bow straight on the buzzer. Hey guys, in 10 minutes, I need this changing. Do you mind just jumping on that and helping me? And then the other guy was just sort of sat there. Oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. I won't, I won't do that. I was like, well, yeah. it's your body. You know, you want to be on the ball and stuff. And then, you know, he ended up having very long treatments because his bag was being you know, delayed for a couple of hours, getting changed over. So he was just going around 24 seven, but he ended up in, um, in A&E um, on, on like um, the emergency ward because, you know, he, he deteriorated. Because if you get a cold, or anything like that while showing chemo it's very bad for your immune system like my immune system went down to like 0.8 percent or something stupid so you can't get a cold or anything 
And then obviously COVID kicked in as well. So I'm having to be even more careful. Um, but yeah, I went home and did my recovery as much as I could. To take your nausea tablets to stop trying to be sick everywhere and then just get back on it. And then, you know, just doing it all through the cycles. I just did that. I just, you know, yeah. it was it was like a 20 minute drive. And, uh, you know, it just suited me to get out of there um keep keep uh, keep an even keel with what your life is about and what you're doing in life and get back do some work see the family send everything's normal and just crack on i think so, so many important things you just said there i think oftentimes you know i think about that other gentleman that was in there and it's like we're like oh well i don't want to cause a i don't want to cause any ruckus i don't want to be a, a pain it's like sometimes you need to be a pain right sometimes you need yeah. to stand up for yourself and say hey this is mm. this is what needs to be done this is my life I think a lot of people are listening right now. They're like, well, this guy's just amazing, right? He's got to be superhuman. He's got to be, what did you fall back on, Rick? Like, what was the, because there had to be times when you were like, this is a lot, man. I mean, this is a, yeah, this I mean, sucks. So, What'd you fall back on? So the, 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 the worst bit for me was after, after the first cycle, I mean, I have it, I have it now and I've grown used to it, but it's in my tinnitus. So I had like very loud ringing in my ear and I was in both ears and I was like, well, that's, that's, um, hopefully that will go. And then, you know, 12 months later, it's not gone. I've just learned to sort of deal with it and, um, and you just try and try and zone it out if you like. And then I sort of, I try and see it as my friend. Okay. Whilst my hearing, you know, the constant ringing is not something I choose to have. This is what saved my life. This is why I'm still here today. I mean, it might not be. So I see it, try and see it as a positive sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that sort of helps you through. But in terms of just being positive day in, day out, whilst you're going through this treatment, because, you know, cancer is no joke and it is, it is tough to get through it. But the way I sort of dealt with it is, all right, the sun's shining today. You know, this is going to be a good day today. Or I had a nice chat with that person. This is, this is great. Or, you know, work's going well. I've got this new design coming out or, my baby took his first step, you know, anything, any small, small thing that you can turn to positive and can stretch out for the whole day. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Did you, did you come up with the idea for Shakespeare during that or was it already in progress? No. So I came up with the, so I was, um, I was an athlete you know, for many years and in 2012 I actually came up with a design. You weren't, you weren't an athlete. Let's don't downplay that. I mean, you're a 10 time world champion. That's not, I mean, yeah. That's a big deal, dude. I mean, when, first of all, let me quickly, when, when did you, when was the first world championship? Like how old were you? Um, so that one, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in that until I was, what, 35 with my first Masters World Championship. No way. That is awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. So the, then, I, you know, each year I'm, I'm doing all these different championships and stuff. But I mean, I, that, that was a very big focus, you know, because I think the fitter you are and healthier you are, you can get through all these things as well. Yeah. But, and um, it was during, I mean, that was 2014. So I, I, I used the shaker bottle there and then in my bag, um, the flip cap came open and yeah. leaked all over my bag. I was just like, oh my God, this is a disaster. Surely there's a better way to do it. And then, you know, researching the market for a better shaker. And all, all I'm finding is people are choosing to develop different agitators to uh, mix your powders up. In, in yeah, liquids. balls and funnels yeah, and, and like, right, yeah. And I was like, why are people not properly doing it and, and working out a better internal structure to do the mixing with? And I, I did a product design degree and I did all sorts of things. So I did um, testing, tensile testing on an orange to work out the, the best way to extract a juice from an orange. And it turns out that it's, um, 
So if you have a whole orange and then it, it requires three times the amount of force than if you just cut an orange down the middle. Um, so anyway, my, part of my major project, I designed an orange juice. So it cuts it first and then it squeezed it and then the juice poured down to a jug. And, you know, I, got, I, I did very well with that, but I learned a lot from that sort of experience. So I went back to, um, you know, I, I'm quite skilled and um, proficient in 3D CAD design, et cetera, from my degree. And um, so I, I did a lot of testing in there, fluid testing, 3D printed models, more testing. So I did lots and lots of testing over a long period of time. And it turns out that opposing half hemisphere shapes, so you're creating essentially a capsule shape, is the most efficient internal structure to both mixed supplements and puree soft fruit and also to clean so it was like a win-win-win situation no more rattling balls like I, even the grid you take the grid out it just drips all over your kitchen surface it's disgusting like, oh my God, this is terrible it's like what are people doing i just couldn't believe how messy yeah. it was so it's like i've got to sort this out and then so i went for function 100 first it had to work first and then after after i got the design sorted then you start to work on all the aesthetics and things like that yeah. And so you, you kind of, you'd already started the process before your diagnosis was, was came through. Yeah. Yeah. So it's already started the process, okay. but there was, you know, the number of, I mean, I'm working closely with them um, with China quite a lot and I'm very good friends with the factory boss there. So he speaks in Chinese to me and I translate it to English. I speak back in English. He translates that. So we're going backwards and forwards yeah. and talking about the different things and developing all these new products. And then I'm working with his engineers and we're doing more testing on things. So we've couple out, you know, a nice range now for Shakespeare. We have steel ones and ones with windows and we have powder storage, we've got new pill storage coming out. We've got all sorts of different things coming out, but it was, um, you know, obviously during the cancer, I'm thinking of all these later developments. So yeah. So you had, you were folk, you kept, you had something to kind of focus on and like yeah, keep driving yeah. forward. I love mm -hmm. that. And then, you know, you're 12 months, you know, cancer free at this stage. And then at 42 years old, you just went and set another British world record. Is that, am I yeah, correct on that? Yeah, British record. So, I mean, I'd been injured. I got injured in March and um, I was pretty devastated. I was looking forward to all these championships that were scheduled, but they've all been canceled anyway. Yeah. But, um, so I, I tore my total top of my hamstring in oh. March and then I, I was trying to recover and I'm still getting treatment for it now. It's been like so painful. And then I had a race that was, was penciled in. I was racing one of the guys actually in the British team in the Olympics now. Um, so I was racing him over 300 meters. And um, even before my race, um, I was struggling. I, I, my times have been like a lot quicker. And then I was struggling. I thought, like, oh, this is not going to go well. So I just thought, right, come on, you've done all this work. Just go hard and just hang on. So I just hit it really hard for 200 meters. And then it's like, right, when you get to 200, just hold. Don't try and give any more. Just hold until you get to the end. So just trying to hold my form, technique, and whatever. Get over that line. And then, yeah, to lower the British record. So it's like, boom, get in there. That's awesome, yeah. dude. I mean, you're a testament to just, like, go anyway, right? Like, even when you don't feel like it, even when things yeah. suck, even when it's really hard, you just show up and, and go anyway, right? You yeah. just keep putting yourself out there. Yeah, well, you're never, you're never going to have your perfect race, your perfect design. Your, nothing's ever going to be perfect in your life. And you have, to, you have to get over that, suck it up, and then get on with it. What do you, how do you think you develop that mentality, right? I mean, I think, I mean, I think sometimes you're born with a little bit of it, but you can kind of grow it and harness it and, and let it evolve. But other people never seem to get that. They always seem to like to just stay stuck. What do you think was the, the catalyst to get you to believe that? Well, I mean, when I, when I was younger, um, like my mom used to, like, she was studying to be a teacher. She was going out doing cleaning jobs to be able to provide for us. And we never had particularly much in terms of money. And I was like, right, 
from from seeing that, I know I need to work hard if I want to be successful. Um, and if I want to be just as successful as her, how hard she's worked, I need to add 50, 60% on top of that. And um, and it, like I say, once I started doing my athletics and that gave me a really strong um, mental capacity to say, right, I'm going to work through the night if I have to. I'll, I, will work the night. I'll, I will do whatever it takes just to get to the next, to get my products out there, to get my service out there, whatever it is. And and like, like I mentioned um, earlier on, when um, I was bringing these products in from um, China early doors, I had a full-time job. So I knew I could work faster than the average. I mean, most people um, just seem to be a bit blasé. They sit there nine to five, rocking backwards and forwards, clock watching, and it's not the right way to go. So it's like, right, if I can work twice as fast as the next person, I can do my day's work in half a day. That leaves me half a day to do anything else I need to do. So I was importing these um, goods in, I was selling the goods on eBay, running down to the post office, posting them all out, running back, getting on my work done that day and then going out training at night. So I was trying to squeeze in as much as I can and uh, trying to work out how can I be more efficient each time? How can I squeeze a little bit more out of my day each time? So that's what I was continually doing until I just turned into this machine where I like, I can be super efficient, work fast and um, you know, get what I need to get done. Absolutely. And I mean, let's, you know, let's, let's pause really quick. I mean, you're not some single dude who just can do whatever he wants. I mean, you got a wife, you got two kids, you got a, oh, yeah, you know, a full blown company that's going globally worldwide. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's big, everybody's big excuse is what? Well, Hey, I just don't have enough time. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, how do you, how, if I said that to you, like, Hey, I just don't have enough time. It sounds like you're maximizing your ability in the in the time frame you have. Like, how do you look at that when somebody says, "I don't have enough time to be successful well, or work out or do anything"? The, the, the strange thing is, they always have enough time to spend a couple of hours in front of Netflix or whatever else. And it's, um, I mean, I don't watch much TV. Um, I watch it now and again to um, you know to let off steam or whatever, or to um, or I might read much of my book, but you only have so many hours in a day. And I've learned now. I mean, I've I've got the time now. I'm working down because. I used to work a lot, but I've done the hard graph now. And now I'm at the, I'm at the other side of the, of the mountain. I'm coming down the hill, so it's easier, if you like. So um, I, I do the necessary things very efficiently. And um, you, you, it's not a case of finding the time. It's planning the structure of your day. So uh, maybe the night before, uh, an easy tip for you is I email myself. Um, okay, things I need to do tomorrow. Blah, 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 and I make a list. And yeah. then... The next day, I make sure I get all that list done. Even if it, even if I go over, um, you know, if I'm having to work late into the night, get your list done, and then you know you're then you know you're on top of your game. Because then the next day, you get a load of work from it, and you've not done your previous list, you're in trouble. So yeah. as long as you continually get your list done from the day before, then you generally you're okay. But it's yeah, being focused. And I think if you're healthy and have a healthy body, healthy mind, uh, which goes obviously together, yeah, then you've got more energy anyway. You feel good. You're like you know, I'm ready to take on the, day, the world today. And in each day now, I wake up and I'm like, I'm very grateful to be here. And most people wake up and go, oh, no, I'm not to work. I wake up and I'm like, wow, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. You know, I am, I feel lucky, I feel blessed to be here. And, you know, I can see my children, I'm going to enjoy myself, I can do this, I can do that. And I'm like, woohoo. I, you know so, what, you and, I, you and I are a lot alike. Like I, I do the same thing. So I have, I have my name and my phone and I text myself every night, my to-do list for tomorrow. So it's like, it's front and center, right? And then I'm the same as you. It's like, I put a post up today that success doesn't have a snooze button. And if you're, Mm. if you're living a life of like passion and alignment and all those things, Mm. like you don't want to sleep in, like 
The yeah. first things I say every morning when I get up is I say, holy shit, I'm alive. I better take advantage of this. And then I just say, <laughs> yeah, I, say so. I say, thank you. And then I just yeah. start like trying to make a positive impact on the world and the people around yeah. me. And so, you know, that's a mm. great tip is like email yourself, text yourself, like mm. set yourself up for success, not in the moment, but the day before. So you have that structure and the systems. I'm a big systems guy. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. as humans, and you know, this is an athlete, like we're very ritualistic. We have habits, we have rituals, we have standards and structures. And the better those are, the better your life mm-hmm. tends to be. Yeah, have, you all, have you always been a healthy dude? Have you always been like into fitness? Yeah, yeah, no, I've always been, you know, healthy. Um, when I was younger, I used to actually do half marathons and I did a few half marathons, did a few 10 mile road races and I generally always looked after myself. Um, and, I, and I've always enjoyed, like I said, that goes hand in hand with, with your mindset. Um, so yeah, I've always enjoyed you know a healthy lifestyle. I was always quick. That's why I switched to be um, a sprinter. But yeah, but I've always been healthy. And and then just touching back on your point in terms of your systems and things, um, I think it's people underestimate the the value of working smarter than than harder. Where so if you have your system in place and you can cut your your daytime down by doing X, Y, and Z differently, don't be afraid to change those things. And right. you know you. you Sometimes you do need to be a bit bold and, and or you might feel guilty for not doing this, this and this. But if you've done all the work anyway, because you've just changed a few things, then then great. Go and enjoy some family time, which is essentially yeah. what it's all about. Enjoy your downtime training or being healthy or whatever else you want to do. But you know, get your work done first by implementing these systems to work smarter rather than harder. Absolutely. You know, we're kind of in this like hustle mentality world where that for some people means, well, I got to work a 16 hour day. But mm-hmm. most people who work in 16 hour days are really working about a five hour day and they're just, you know, like yeah, you said, filling the bits in. But yeah, for the other parts. And if you got really systemized and structured, like you could probably knock out that 16 hour day mm-hmm. in about five hours and really be yeah, efficient. Yeah. And then, like you said, then enjoy mm-hmm. your life and do all mm-hmm. do all the cool things. Let's talk about Shakespeare for, for a minute. Like, I think it's probably one of the the I mean, it's obviously the coolest design of, uh, you know, a shaker and, and, and that type of thing. But I was really. I was amazed by the its ability to like puree soft fruits. I'm like, this can't be real. And then I looked at all the technology and I looked at all the you know the stuff and I'm like, this is pretty freaking awesome. Like, did you did you set out with that in mind or was that just a a byproduct of the design? No, I mean my 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 main aim was to be able to have sports nutrition on the go, and and I know the the enhancement you can get from having sort of fiber in there so it's okay how can you you puree a banana in the same bottle that you're going to do with everything else and so it's just trying to think about that but once I created this um this you know capsule environment and then realizing that it was the inertia sending it around with this deal with centrifugal force so probably the easiest way to explain it is if something is continually moving around and not stopping so that no, the normal shape has got a corner. So as soon as it hits that and it stops in that corner, once it stops moving, it's not going to mix anymore. No matter how many mixing balls or whisks or whatever else you've got in there. But because of ours is round, it continually goes around its journey. So that's why it mixes so much faster. Um, so it's that centrifugal force that, that mixes it all around and with the inertia. So yeah, that, that was the focus. Try and actually build something that's purposeful. I don't want to just create something for the sake of it or have, yeah another 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 me too shaker that's just a different shape yeah Mm -hmm. that's really cool now when you came up with this i mean i I looked a little bit now what's the what's the dragon's den is that a is that a a shark tank type thing yeah so so that's that's the uk shark tank and um 
so yeah we have you know famous entrepreneurs on there uh, largely from the uk and um, you know i was really excited to go on there and i was so busy going to these that some various global exhibitions i think i've been with one in the us and i was in germany and then i got back and then i had like a couple of days on catching up all the business cards because you've got to do it straight away because it's just crazy why you forget who you spoke with and blah blah yeah. blah so anyway i said to um Said to my wife, okay, I'm gonna need to go home about two o'clock. So I'm on Dragon's Den, I've done no preparation, need to need to get on this. And then for my most recent exhibition, we had a you know a large amount of cash that was in our house, and we suspected that our cleaners had seen this. So anyway, I got home and our whole house was ransacked. We'd been burgled that day, and I was like, Oh man, I thought it was an earthquake, I couldn't work out what it was. So anyway, I phoned my wife, said, Oh, we've been burgled, and the house was such a mess, it took us until midnight to clear it. And then I was at the BBC where they filmed the this Dragon's Den, the Shark Tank at like, um, I think it was 5.45 in the morning. So zero prep. And then I was first into makeup. And then um, and then I was first to do your bio. Hi, I'm Rick Beard. So I'll come up with Shakespeare, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, um, she said, right, let's just practice your pitch then. It's like, well, I've just written some notes down now whilst I'm waiting. And then you're supposed to be like a two-minute pitch at the start. I got through about 15 seconds. Says, That's fine. You're on. I was like, oh my God. So I got pulled through straight away. I'm just suddenly pushed in front of all these entrepreneurs. I'm like, um, <laughs> hi. That's so just awesome. like, I had to just wing it. It's two, two and a quarter hours of grilling in there. Um, for just two, 15 what? Minutes. Yeah, exactly. Two and a quarter hours of grilling for 15 minute edit that you appear on the, on the show with. So wow. it was like, wow. I mean, let's pause really quick. So you, you, I mean, you're on no sleep because you're traveling all over. You come home, you've been robbed. Um, all your stuff is ransacked. You've got like, you probably got zero sleep that night. Show, yeah, you show up and you're like, okay, let's do this. And so when you got there, you, it wasn't guaranteed you were going to be on the show. You had to give your pitch and then had to say, okay. No, no, I, I knew I'd be on the show. I just didn't expect to be first because they have like five, oh. six entrepreneurs there. So I thought, well, hopefully I'll be on in the afternoon. I'll and you'll have some time. Pitch. Yeah, practice my numbers because they, they grill you on your figures. What's the profit for this? What's this? What's yeah. that? I thought oh, I'll have loads of time to do all this, and I was first in there, typical. And I, and then I remember, so you go you go in, and then you take your cloth off just to reveal all your products, and then they say, right, cut. Then you have to walk back out, and then you go back in again. And I remember that when I just taken the cloth off, I stood on a um, a raspberry because obviously it mixes the fruits and stuff. Yeah. So I stood on this raspberry on this X that you're supposed to stand on the floor, and, I, and my mind was just thinking. Do I, do I go back and stand on the raspberry again where this X is, or do I try and sort of stand to one side? I was just thinking about this, and then suddenly all these lights on you, the camera's on you, like, oh, hi. So just like, whoa, focus, focus, focus. Yeah, that's great. You know, I have, a, I have a little, I always say ABR, always be ready, right? Because you never know, right? So you've got to always yeah. be ready for the opportunity that, that the universe is going to present to you. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. luckily, you're, I mean, you're, I can already tell you're the kind of guy who you're ready. Like, even though you hadn't rehearsed it, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you obviously crushed it. So you're in there, you're in front of all these investors. I assume it's very much like, like Shark Tank here in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's the same same format. I mean, after sort of 10 or 15 seconds, I remember I was just, I thought, just take a pause here, just think clearly and concisely what you're trying to get across. Yeah. So I, I, I took, I took a, you know, a few seconds out after, after doing my, my, my first part that I'd rehearsed. You know, I, just, I needed to get it across quite concisely what Shakespeare was about and just to try and make sure I, um, you know, came across as, as good as I can represent the, the brand and the business. Um, and then, you know, just having that little moment, 
they didn't mind and I needed that just to re reset start yeah. again think what you're doing and that worked and then yeah I went through there got the investment from two successful dragons and um, now, when did you so, know like in in your pitch are you like I'm crushing this or are they no, even, no. are they <laughs> no. do they even understand what I'm saying <laughs> I mean you you always hope they understand what you're saying, but that's why I sort of took a moment to make yeah. sure you, you you explain the features and things. And then you have to backtrack a bit. And obviously you got, you're in there for sort of two and a quarter hours, which you don't yeah. even realize at the start. But um, I think one, once I've got, got it across and they realized, hey, this guy, you know, might be onto something here. Um, and they were quite keen that, you know, that they no, ultimately they invested. And then I, I, even at the end of it, I had to have a bit of nous about me to say, you know, because they, they were trying to push the share percentages they were getting of sure. money. And then I, I was saying, okay, once you have your money back that you've given me, I want to reduce your shareholding and right. um, to, you know, but to, to a lower amount. Um, and would, would, can we agree to, to that? And then managed to get that deal whilst I was there as well. So got the investment, got a deal. And then, yeah. Had you prepared all that? Did you say, I'm going to say <laughs> this, I'm going to say this if they say that and vice yeah, versa. Yeah. You're just like, Holy shit, like now I gotta negotiate. <laughs> to, to be honest, I think I was sort of on autopilot. I'd not even thought about it. I just started reading it off. I was like, all oh, right, is that this way you're going, Rick, with this? I didn't realize it just, it just came out of my mouth. I just started to negotiate. And, um, you know, because obviously I'd put so much heart and soul into the business that I didn't want to give it away. Yeah. And I didn't know what sort of level of time they would give me or not give me. So I was like, make sure you, it's a fair deal. Let's make sure you, you know, you get have your say as well. So, you know, I stood, stood up for myself against these, um, you know, famous people, if you like, and uh, I love yeah, it. held my ground. I love it, man. That is so, that is so awesome. And such a, such an, an incredible story. I can't wait to, by the time this, this episode airs, I'm going to have mine in studio. I got some of the, the view models and I got some of the stainless steel as well. Cause I think awesome. that's a cool yeah. idea because some people don't want plastic, right? They want the stainless steel yeah. version. So I think it's amazing that you came out with that variety as well. Yeah. Um, well, same the, exact uh, technology and everything. Well, the stainless steel one offers a little bit more on the standard. So you've got your standard tumbler, your tumbler view, which has a viewing window because people mm -hmm. like to have the measurements or be able to see into it. And then the tumbler steel, and uh, we, we wanted to do something a bit different. And then the tooling for this was very, very expensive. They, it took a, oh, like yeah. a year's worth of development and it's like serious investment from, from my side to, to invest into this. And, and I thought, you know, this is the way I'd like to go from an environmental point of view, but also it's, it's a double wall shaker. So it keeps you drink, your hot drinks hot, your cold drinks cold. So yeah. it opens up the market. But obviously, it's a big punt from my point of view to reinvest pretty much all the money we've made back into another product. So it's like, you know, I could have sat quite happily just on the first model and just let that tick along. Yeah. That'd have been nice. But you know, I reinvested it all into the steel one. And then, um, for example, on, on the fact, the way it keeps the hot drinks hot and the cold drinks cold is on the inner wall and um, bonded around that is a, is a layer of copper. Because if you zoom in on a microscopic level onto steel, it actually is very porous. It has like little holes. So yeah. that's where steam and things can get out of. So if you bond it with copper, it makes it a lot more insulated. So um, we did all this development things and then we came up with this, this new um, thermo shaker essentially. So the people can then have their frothy coffees in there. They can have a hot chocolate. They yeah. can have loads of ice in it and have a really nice cool pre-workout in the gym. So it's just opened up the market. People having soups in there and all sorts of things. So, yeah. you know, it, it works out really well. I thought it was cool. I love to make, um, I love to get my hot coffee and then I like to put protein in it, right? And shake mm -hmm. it up and create that like, you know, protein yeah, coffee. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a genius idea. I can't wait to get those in, in the studio and try them out. 
Dude, you're awesome, man. I mean, I, I let me ask you this. I mean, you're for, are you 42 right now? Yeah, 42. Yeah. All right, you're 42 years old. You've obviously, cru- I mean, you're a world champion, world records, multiple companies like we talked about before. This is obviously going to be a success. Mm-hmm. Are you are you kind of like, hey, this is my my last thing, or how's what's what's the what is Rick's brain? No, I mean, what, what is Rick's brain I, like? <laughs> so, so for example, the only only way I I became a Masters World Champion, end up with those um, those world records early on is. The year before that, I knew I was going into this master's category and I wanted to be the best. I was like, I'm not going in there to be second best. I want to go in there, break a British record. Let's try and get some other records, be on a world champion, blah, blah, blah. This was my focus. So I had a big space in my back garden. So I got YouTube out and I built a 15 meter by five meter garage and then got a load of gym equipment in there, a load of plyometric boxes. I just built built my training station, if you like, because... Um, at the time, I didn't really have much money and um, couldn't really afford to go to the gym properly. So I built, literally built a, a gym in my back garden so that I could just do all the training I needed to do to get to where I wanted to get to. So I had that foresight prior to that one. And I'm just doing this sort of same thing, but on a, a different sort of scale now. So we're, we're looking to move house soon. So I've got lots of new gym equipment coming. Um, so I'm building all, you know, building my next base, if you like, for, um, you know, to be able to get to a higher level and, the, the, Brit, the world record for 400 meters indoors and the over 40 category is 48.96. So I'm like, right, I'm going to take that out. Let, let's do this. So this winter coming, I'm, I'm, you know, that, that's my target. That's what I'm going for. So I've already worked it out what, what sort of training I need to do. And then, you know, hopefully get rid of this hamstring injury. So I'm starting to build now, ready for that. So that's my next phase, you know, that alongside obviously expanding the business more globally. And then I've got a few other business idea is that I'm um, te- teetering with at the moment. So yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm always just want to do stuff and uh, yeah, me too. yeah, just make the most of everything. And um, yeah, before we're all ashes and dust, let's, let's, let's make something of ourselves. I love what you said. I'm not doing this to be second place. Like, <laughs> if we're going to do this, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the champion. Like that's a mindset dude that you can't lose, right? Like you go into yeah, something yeah, with that totally. mindset, which mm-hmm. I think everybody listening needs to take away. Like if you're going to do something, don't, don't just go into it to do it. Let's let's go into it to be the absolute best, right? Mm-hmm. That is yeah. phenomenal, man. I, dude, this has been so much fun. I could talk to you for days. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing thank your you. Insp- inspiration with everybody. I mean, if you're not inspired by this, there's something wrong with you. And so I just, you know, I'm grateful that you spent some time with us and I'm grateful that you're out there doing cool things in the world that we get to like, you know, share I can't wait to get the Shakespeare in my studio and in my world. I can start sharing it with my clients. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. I will see you soon. Have an amazing day. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. All right, guys. We'll be back next week with another amazing episode. I'm going to be honest, guys. Holy shit. If that episode didn't blow you away, something's wrong with you, right? But I know if you're listening to the Thrive Forever Fit show, that was magic for you. You're probably more inspired than you've been in a really, really long time. Rick is an amazing, awesome dude. If you're interested in getting your hands on one of the Shakespeare shakers, unbelievable technology actually purifies and and blends the fruit in the bottle without any blades or filters or balls or anything like that. I've also got the stainless steel version that keeps hot, hot, cold, cold. This is an amazing technology. I've been in the sports nutrition industry, like I said, since I was 17 years old. 
this is going to revolutionize the shaker model, the shaker bottle, the shaker model. And um, it's going to be so cool. So I've got them in the studio. If you're listening somewhere else in the country or the world and you want to get your hands on one, reach out to me. Um, I'll have them on the website. We'll have them available. But this technology, guys, is unreal, unbelievable. And I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, for listening to the Thrive Forever Fit Show. If you think this episode... Actually, I know this episode. If you know this episode is going to transform and help somebody in their life, maybe Rick's story about overcoming cancer, his world records, his drive, his determination, his passion, just to not be second place in anything that he does. Unreal, unbelievable. Make sure you share this episode with somebody. Post a comment down below. Post a comment on our YouTube. Let's let Rick know we appreciated his time because that was a, a mind-blowing episode. Guys, love you. Thank you. And we will see you again next week. All right. Bye.